Hello and welcome to Please Watch This, a podcast where two film-loving mates with gaps in their viewing history recommend films to one another so they can once and for all answer the question, who has better taste? I'm Sam Blakely and I'm joined as always by Hugh Dempsey. Hugh, how have you been, mate? Boom! You got it right the first time without even... Haven't done it for weeks. Weeks and He's done it, he's got it there. Look at that, listener. Look, look at that. Talent, talent, <laughs> talent. That's what that is. I'm all right. Thank Good. you, Sam. How Good. are you? I'm well. Yeah, I still technically have coronavirus, but uh, I'm well, yeah. I think. Yeah. I've nice probably one. done Keep more damage to my body going. just not doing anything this week. What did you do when you were self-isolating? I had a lot of takeaways and uh, played a lot of Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I I must have clocked up 100 hours this week on that game. What a beautiful game it is. Uh, How about you, Hugh? Have you been playing any... uh, How many weeks are in a a week? How many hours are in a week? About 120, 140, Uh, something. (laughs) But, I mean, even even knowing that, it still seems realistic. (laughs) 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 Uh, There's 168 hours. There you go. So, Two-thirds, two-thirds, yeah, yeah, 16 hours a day. Yeah. Easy. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. Just sleep <laughs> less is my advice. I used to do it. I've, <laughs> I've done that when I've had periods where I've had, had to do anything. I've just played football manager. Exactly. Wake up exactly. Morning. Football manager goes on. If you wake up and you're on it stays on till about one to eight. fall asleep. Yeah, <laughs> easily managing it. So, yeah, how about you, yeah. Hugh? Have you been playing yeah. any video games this week? Watching any films this week? Um, oh gosh! Other than the mandatory film for this week, I have not. That's no. a big surprise. I've been, uh, yeah, I've not really, I've not, I've not really had a chance to be honest. I was, um, yeah. What did I do Monday? I can't remember. I could have watched something on Monday because I wasn't working Monday. But there yeah. you go. I didn't. I didn't, no, I didn't watch film. To I, uh, no, no. I think. And then Tuesday, I played five aside football. So I, you know, I could have watched paint dry on TV and I wouldn't really been concentrating afterwards Wednesday no nothing I'm, I'm not going to go through my week in minute I mean details, you've done half of it already uh, so. <laughs> yeah no we'll stop we'll stop there you know um, yeah obviously I can't watch a film now because uh, I watched Stoker last night so yeah so there was only really Monday and Wednesday and I didn't See, watch any the, li- the listeners who <laughs> are proper film buffs are thinking oh there was football on a Wednesday he, wasn't there how dare he so, say he doesn't have time for films so so we watched. We watched. I watched football. Yeah. yeah. Do you know? Do, do you know? Um, good. Well, I, you know, I'm going to try and watch more films and report on them on the Twitter feed, as you know, Hugh. Uh, there's only a couple of a couple of I short 90 know. second reviews out there, but I'll be adding to that at Please Watch Pod uh, in the coming weeks and hopefully months. Let's talk about this week's film, though, shall we? I think we shall. So this week's film is the 2013 Park Chan Wook directed. Stoker, one of my favourite films of that year, uh, I remember sort of mentally making a note of at the time. Um, before we, I get into it, what did you know about Stoker before you watched it, Hugh? I knew bugger all about this film. Good. I didn't even I didn't even know who was in it. I didn't know what it was about. Obviously, because I heard the word Stoker, I just maybe loosely assumed it had something to do with Bram Stoker, mm. but. Um, Clearly not the case, but yeah, I didn't even know, and you're probably going to mention it, so I'm kind of stealing your thunder here, ha ha ha. I didn't know, it it was you who told me last week, I think it was, that it was um, written by... Wentworth Miller. The Prison Break star, Wentworth Miller. Oh, Blue Eyes. So... So yeah, so that came as a bit of a surprise that you know he could he was a writer as well as a actor. Yeah, um, yeah that that I didn't know any. I I'd literally it's very rare that I actually 
you know, see a film that I've never <laughs> a notion about. And that's, and that's great because I, I, I love watching films that way. I really hate knowing anything about films. Yeah, personally. although I do spend when it's when it's a film sort of like this. I did spend literally the first twenty minutes basically scrunching my eyes up, thinking a lot, going, "What? Well, what's this film exactly. going to be about? What's the story? That's the joy. What is, what is going? And it was very. Whereas if it was very, like, um, oh, this this film. So I'll, I'll give a synopsis, but all the way through, I want you to think if yeah, you had on, if you'd heard this synopsis before the film, imagine how much of the film could be, if not ruined, at least tainted by knowledge of what's going to happen. You know. I mean, I think it'd get rid of the first the stress of the first That's, 20 minutes. That, I love that stress. Like, like I said before, you know, if a film is about, I don't know, somebody loses their, uh, somebody loses their job and then, and their, and their girlfriend cheats on like old school, you go, a man uh, has lost his job and his girlfriend's cheated on him. Um, how is he going to rebuild? And you go, well, that's ruined the first seven minutes where he loses his job and finds out his girlfriend's cheating on him. Like that, there is no yeah. fun there. Cause it's like, well, I know when he gets home, Juliet Lewis is going to be in bed naked, and there's going to be some some guy in the cupboard <laughs> in the wardrobe. You know, is going to pop out. So, I, I anyway, 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 anyway. If you haven't seen Stoker, we are going to spoil it to bits, um, listeners. So, if you're a bit like me, a bit sensitive to spoilers, uh, don't listen to this. Go watch. Stoker. <laughs> if you're sensitive to spoilers, like you get like heart palpitations, and you're yeah. like, like oh, oh man, I do declare. <laughs> Quite, I'm very sensitive to spoilers, when it comes to spoilers. So, if you're like me, uh, see a doctor. Um, get some Lasata and, uh, and then just go watch the film on Disney Plus and then come back and listen to us to be fair there are people who don't actually care about there really are our, our top top fan Joe Blakely yeah. he, he listens to every episode often having not seen the film and, yeah. and then goes oh maybe I'll watch that film now <laughs> even even though Hugh's favourite scene was the final shot <laughs> or whatever it is you know <laughs> was the big plot plot twist yeah. Yeah. so anyway there's people who don't care <laughs> all credit to them but I think there should be some sort of asylum uh, right uh, stuff synopsis let's do it so India Stoker and her mother um, Evelyn Evelyn um, uh, they've lost their father slash husband respectively and at the funeral a mysterious Uncle Charlie appears who none of the family have really met before and he uh, inveigles his way into the family essentially and it becomes very clear that he's a very sort of charming man but he's obviously a bad guy uh, people start disappearing mysteriously and it's sort of about his influence in the family or at least bringing something out of India some sort of uh, darkness and uh, something like that <laughs> it's it's wonderfully shot so I think something that's very important to establish is in the opening uh, stressful 20 minutes as Hugh puts it India um, seems <laughs> to see and hear things more acutely than others we're not entirely sure if that's legitimately literally what it means or if that's just some sort of metaphor but she seems to hear and see things more than others so a lot of the film is is spent listening to Foley artists getting very close to microphones turning up the volume um, anyway would you like to know why I like it Hugh? Go on, Sam. Tell me why it was one of your favourite films of the year 2013. That classic year in pop culture. It stands out like a 1994, doesn't it? Well, I mean, a part of it is down to India's gift, you know, that she sees and hears things more clearly than others. So the sound design and the colour is really exquisite in this film. Uh, The the heightened senses. She sits at the table rolling a hard-boiled egg, or deviled egg, I think she calls it, and um, the crackling is very... uh, 
I can't think of the word, but it's tactile, it's, you know, evocative, it's evident. It's very evident <laughs> crackling, uh, which I think is great because it, it ties in with the whole film, really, this it's sort of, a, you know, blood red on a flower kind of thing. I um, really love Matthew Good's performance in this. He was a really a revelation for me when he was in Cemetery Junction only a few years before this. I'd, I'd seen him, I might have seen him in some things before. I think Watchmen was around then, might have been before. I don't know if he was in it before or after Cemetery Junction. But around about the same time, I think uh, it was at University. I think, I don't, I don't know. So Watchmen came out in 2009 and oh, did Cemetery go. Junction yeah. come out in 2006? So no, Cemetery Junction in 2010. Is he the main... Oh, so, so oh, is it 2010? So yeah, yeah. Been after, so I saw Watchmen at the cinemas. Is he the main character? In He's that? Oz- Ozzy Mandias. That's Luke Wilson. You're thinking? Not no, Luke. in Watchmen he is. <laughs> no. Oh, in Cemetery Junction, no, no he plays <laughs> he plays the sort of colleague and sort of antagonist of the main guy. Right. So the main right, guy right, really okay. likes um, Cemetery Junction. Come out in 2010. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was much older than yeah, that. That's what he came weird, so yeah, anyway, he, he's a sort of he's a sort of love rival of the main character, but he's already married to Felicity Jones's character, and he's a and he's a he's a born salesman and really ambitious, and he kind of has a lot of similar in some ways similar traits to Charlie Stoker, uh, in that he's an absolute psychopath, really. <laughs> but, you know, from a textbook charming <laughs> psychopath. So there's a bit where um, he's already met his colleague Matthew Good, the main character Freddie, and. Um, and then he finds out that he's married to Felicity Jones. And as they're walking away, he's been all sweetness and light to Felicity Jones. As they're walking away, Freddie says to Matthew Good, he says, oh, I didn't realise you were... And uh, Matthew Good says, what, banging the boss's daughter? And it's so immediately evident that this is a bad guy <laughs> who's conniving. And anyway, he's great in this. Yeah. He's, he's got this real like charisma for days, oozing this charm. Sort of very sexually appealing without being... Um, action man figure you know sort of thing he's just he, he just exudes something and right. um, i also think what yeah either that or he's actually as actual psychopath. yeah i mean <laughs> if it works it works you know you gotta use what god gave you yeah i think this film is a good illustration of a point that i made when we did uh gone girl so spoiler alert for gone okay. girl because i'm gonna talk about the ending of that so feel free to just cut in a minute later um at the end of gone girl they're, she's back with they're back together living in the same house and he's scared yeah. of her basically isn't he but they're kind of back together yeah. for appearances sake or something I can't quite remember yeah basically and that was a good yeah. ending it, it makes perfect logical sense but what I'm the point I made in the podcast was I would have really loved it if at the end he kind of came around to actually falling in love with or being seduced by that side of her that psychopathic side of her yeah yeah in much the same way that another film we watched sightseers was one of my favorite films of 2012 just before this you know she's completely that film's great it is great that film film. but she's completely on board with his antics and you know seduced by it because you go any kind of logical kind of like sneering person would say why don't you just turn around and drive home what are you doing like sticking around with this person once you know they're not a good guy you know actually and the film isn't trying to say oh this is why you should kill people this is why you should be a bad person it's not a moral message or anything like that it's more just uh illustration of somebody being seduced by that kind of thing and i think this film does that where it's so confusing as to why she likes him or why she doesn't just run away or why she doesn't just immediately call the police um but Mm. you just see these little kind of glimmers of of something inside her that is uh she's obviously sort of sexually aroused by this whole thing she doesn't like people touching her she's very antisocial but there is something in her and and i think 
to cut to what I think you might like, I genuinely think you did not like this film. I would be really surprised if we got more than a five out of ten for this. And right, that's okay. so. You what you recommended this to me, thinking I wouldn't. like I recommended it. it to you because it was on Disney Plus, and I thought, oh, I haven't seen that for a while. I want a reason to watch it. <laughs> and if you like it, what a bonus! But I genuinely don't think you'll like this. And it, oh, right, whether okay. or not I'll be right. annoyed at that comes down to why you didn't like it, because it's obviously perfectly legitimate to right. like or or even hate any film. And I yeah. think. Yeah. On watching it again, I think there's lots of reasons to not like it. I think it can be a bit slow, it can be a bit weird and a bit confusing and a bit kind of like illogical, you know, why is that doing person doing that? Why is that there? Um or actually not so much that, but basically there's reasons to dislike this film or at least not give not care mm. about it and not be moved by it. Right, but I think okay. if you start breaking right, it down to like, oh, well why did they do that? Why didn't she do this? Why did you know, why didn't she call the police? Then I'll be annoyed. <laughs> um because I think if you were to there are some films that you can just summarise in a moral message in a sentence, which is this film is trying to tell us that life is precious or we should be grateful for what we've got. Drugs, Drugs are bad. Drugs are bad, <laughs> uh, whatever. Yeah. Never give up. Yeah, those know. films sometimes can be expressed yeah. like that. But really, like, a, a piece of art, yeah. like a painting or whatever, I, I'm pretty sure I, I kind of semi-quoted this in a previous episode, and even since then I haven't looked at who said okay. it. Somebody said to some artist, let's say Damien Hirst, they asked him to explain his new piece of work. And he said, if I could explain it to you, I wouldn't need to make the piece of work. It was some somebody, some artist, or David Lynch or it's something. A cop like that. out that, innit? But in I know what you're saying. I know, I know exactly what you My explanation for yeah. this piece of work is the piece of work itself. If I could write it in a sentence, I would yeah. have done that instead. Um, some director said, yeah. you know... I, but there's not there's, but there's not much uh, there's not much call for artwork. That's just a sentence. Exactly, yeah. Maybe that's that, that could be our niche. We could write artwork. And a lot of like powerful art pieces. Like haikus. But a lot of powerful art pieces <laughs> that are just sum- summarisable in a sentence are awful. If you just go, well, this art piece is to say that, you know women are as good as men and you go well yeah of course <laughs> or you know some like really trite mm. social statement or something like that yeah just to go back to Gone Girl I, I think another thing at the end of that as well is it turns out I think she kind of wanted him to almost fight for her didn't he in a sense I think that, that, that I sounds correctly. about right oh, and, and if she if he can yeah, play I she's going to tell the police he did it or something I can't quite remember but they're living back together aren't they yeah I know that yeah there is a bit of it keeping up appearances but there is also a, a side of it that she had a plan the plan kind of changed and then she realised that sort of um that actually she was she was invested in him sort of making the effort yeah. if that makes and, sense and, and, and basically um, that film although you could argue with that film that she would have been perfectly better off with Desi <laughs> I think they sort of really got they kind of got each other <laughs> yeah yeah, she, yeah cut that cut through cut that, that bridge problem, didn't down you? to side and again you know I, yeah. I liked that film but I think the reason I ended up giving it probably a 7 out of 10 or a 7.5 was just because there's an extra layer of interesting whereby he becomes enamoured to this so anyway that yeah. is essentially uh, the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, this film explains itself better than I can articulate. It's not something as trite as, well, Charlie, Charlie's a clinical psychopath um, and India has the same gene, so that that mm. it's more something metaphorical. There's probably some poisonous spider imagery in there. He's some sort of poison. He's some sort of... Uh, it's maybe a modern vampire film. That whole Stoker is probably kind of uh, some reference to that. And he's a sort of vampire, but one that doesn't actually suck blood. More just kind of comes in and is a bit of a parasite. On a similar note, actually, when uh, Aunt Gwendolyn turns up, she says, oh, hi, I'm your Auntie Jin. 
And I thought, oh, is that is that a little pun on antigen? Like she's coming in to be an antiviral, <laughs> antibacterial thing that comes I in. Mean, honestly, you are so deep, so deep but it's in a the, sort of uh, film. the woods with uh, COVID it's right now. It's a sort of film where that absolutely <laughs> could be. Because she literally says, I'm your antigen. Potentially. You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah. that. I, th- I haven't seen it mentioned anywhere. Maybe some reviewer somewhere picked up on it. I genuinely think that could have been could have been a thing because you know like when you're in school and you go oh what did Shakespeare really mean to say this with this word yes he did because he sat yeah. down and he planned it and he's a genius so yeah. somebody sitting down to write yeah. a piece of work they can think about it it's not it's not something said in anger but anyway that's a lot of yeah. that's a lot of me potentially although comparing Wentworth Miller to, to Shakespeare is somewhat <laughs> of a, a misnomer but, there, but any, any screenwriter can make a pun that's just a metaphorical pun like that and I, and I, I, I absolutely suppose, would like I to suppose. know if, if that's if that was his thought so I think ultimately okay. if you give this more than a 5 out of 10 I'll be really happy but how I feel about your review depends on why you dislike it. You know, maybe you like so my it. Que- my question, <laughs> the question is not why you like it, it's why you dislike my question, it. <laughs> <laughs> so my question is, what do you think I will dislike about I it? I think you'll... Because you've kind of said... I think you'll think it's this... Because like, you've kind of said what I'd like, yeah. but you've given reasons maybe. You would be angry if I gave those reasons, but what reasons I think you'll think do you think I would genuinely boring, give? boring, pseudo-intellectual art piece that... Uh, just doesn't hang together well and doesn't really work and is uh, and is completely predictable in the sense that of course he's the one killing people um so why do i care she's moody what's nicole kidman's character doing and i think there's a lot to pick apart in this where as much as i love it i'm fine if people don't because i because i noticed right, okay. watching it the bits where I thought, oh am i bored right now or am i this or am i that and it was only really when the film got properly going where he appears and starts being even more mysterious and, and you actually start to see some of the things he does. That's, to me, when it's when I start to fall in love with it. If it had carried on like it had for the first 30 minutes, I would have maybe not loved it so much. But anyway, I want to find out. We're going to go for a little break. So, okay. join us after the break. We're going to find out why Hugh disliked Stoker. <laughs> we're not going to find out why. We're going to find out if Sorry, Hugh liked we're it get or not. Hugh's views. Join us after the break. Exactly. Okay, people, you've listened to me for long enough. Let's get Hugh's views. Hugh, what did you think of 2013's Stoker? That was straight in there, wasn't it? Uh, Not even a welcome back (laughs) or anything. Um, Right, okay, so... So let's 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 look at so let's look at this film. Let's look at the kind of what this film's about, and kind of let's think about it because it's a film that asks you to think about yeah. it, isn't it? Let's face it; it's not it's not a, you know you might you might be right. It might be pseudo intellectual. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I'm not smart enough to say yes or no. I, I, there's um, so I so me and you were speaking off air uh, just before we made this podcast. We were talking about basically how. You can make a film that isn't about the narrative. It's about themes. And the narrative is just a framing device for those themes. And this is a film definitely where the themes of prey and predator and, um, I don't know, like belonging and family. Not to mention antigens. um, 
yeah okay you've mentioned antigens that's maybe something I didn't pick up on you know and you know there are other themes in there that I've not noticed but I'm sure they're in there like I don't know what themes did you think of other than antigens (laughs) that was mostly (laughs) mostly it It was yeah Sam's like you said he's so deep in COVID everything's a a metaphor well the spider's going to inject its venom like a like a vaccine (laughs) (laughs) but a bad vaccine yeah um so yeah, this film uses its narrative to tell the story of this, you know, eighteen-year-old girl essentially, who's like you said, whose uncle, who she never knew about, comes to stay after the the, uh, the horrific and tragic premature death of her father, and the mother's like you said, the mother's quite aloof and she's not she's not altogether together. You know, clearly their marriage was on the rocks and all this sort of stuff, and you know, the, the, maybe the love between them were gone. And when the uncle comes back into um, when he comes back into her, into this their lives, she's kind of besotted by him to a point because it kind of reminds her of what her husband used to be like when he was younger. Because there's like a bit of an age gap between them. He's about I think it's about nine years or something, isn't it? I think uh, between the two. So you know, he's a bit. He's like a younger, good-looking version of his brother, almost, if that makes sense. Um, and yes. Yeah, so what what did I like about it? Ultimately, so I, I I have nothing against films being about themes. Do you know what I mean? And using the narrative, you know, you tell like look at the amount of Paul Thomas Anderson films that aren't really a, they're not really about like I think the last film he did that I saw that actually had a plot realistically was <laughs> you know what I mean like I, God knows how he wrote a film like There Will Be Blood because I don't know how you plot something like that because it's so you know he clearly just went right I, I, I want to explore these ideas I'm going to use this character who represents this I'm going to use this character who represents that and then what do people who live in a small town like this in the turn of the century what do they do on a day to day right we'll do it it's around a sort that, of biography and then we'll around the forward. theme and, uh, and yeah. moments isn't it yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like a, yeah, a biography of a theme. <laughs> it's a good idea to describe it. So with this film, this yeah, and I don't know. I I, I am I don't know how I feel about it to be honest with you. I don't know if I liked it or if I didn't like it or if I was just meh about it. I can't decide. I really don't know what I think. It's one of the few films where I go if you know, like I, I watched it and I must admit I struggled through maybe the first. 45 minutes the first, act, the first act is very slow and moody yeah and and obviously if you're going to go with themes I think all sometimes you need clear motivation so I spent a lot of the time because tr- obviously they show you him murdering Aunt, Aunt Jane yeah. don't they like you don't see it but you know it's happened quite yeah. soon don't yeah. you like so that's that's not like a, a big revelation that he's suddenly some like obviously it's a revelation that he's a serial killer essentially <laughs> but there's it's not a revelation that he obviously and then the big reveal is obviously that he murdered his brother and all that but it's not a big like it's like and then you are kind of going well why is he killing people do you know what i mean and i was and i was kind of confused by that character's motivations other than the fact that he was a psychopath and that he he just had some reason he wanted to be close to his his um his uh, his niece mm. didn't he for some reason and obviously she finds the letters where he's fantasising about being all these different places in Europe and doing all these amazing things so that's that that sort of lack of my his mo- his motivation kind of stumped me a little bit and maybe you can illuminate me on that um, 
and then so obviously so yeah so so I spent a lot of the film thinking oh he's normal guy he's after like perhaps the father was really wealthy because like obviously there's a there's, they're not they're not poor are they this no, family they're clearly yeah. they have some money and yeah uh, he was an architect wasn't he uh, by profession and the, the the husband the father but um yeah, so I was like, oh, maybe he's after her money or something. Like, like he found out that in the will, like all the money's going to be left to, to the the, the daughter, and he's looking for some money from. I his don't get that sense. Brother to be or honest. something. I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't seem like that, can it? No, but I did. But that's what. No, oh, that's I was just like, is that heads. what he's doing? Yeah. Because he was obviously. Yeah, obviously it isn't. Right, that's I was going to say. Yeah. About. But that was like I was trying to figure out his motivation. Yeah. So ultimately. I'm a bit confused because I don't know what his motivation is. Now, maybe if you can explain that to me, that'd be great. What do you think his motivation was? I don't know. It is bizarre because he's writing these letters to her before. The fact that you've had to pause... The fact that you had to pause there is... Does maybe... And and as you said, did I... Or didn't I like this film? I would have... If you had asked me an hour in, I probably would have said, it's a bit boring... It's a bit like you said, pseudo intellectual, a bit artsy fartsy. You know, it's not my, it's not my bag, baby, <laughs> sort of thing. But then by the end of it, I did, I did enjoy it, and I enjoyed the kind of the journey it goes on. Do yeah. you know what I mean? And the the places it takes you, like, and the and um, so like, and before we started recording, I said I was laughing at something I'd written down, and I put what I liked, and I just put unexpected cry. Always <laughs> <laughs> our favorite type, yeah. which. Which, which, something you do, you've never, I've never seen anything like that in cinema that I can think of. I've seen, like, we watched a history mm. of violence, didn't we? Uh, not so long oh, ago, yeah. and you know, and that we were saying, how often do you see, of, uh, thing, yeah. yeah, or angry sex thing, and you were just like, how often do you see a real depiction of a couple's like actual relationship developed through their sexual encounters? Yeah. It's very mm. rare, yeah, and yeah. it's and it's one of the great things about and that I film. Think, um, I, um, I was watching Mark Comer's review of this. And what was really funny, as is their way, was Matt Kermode was trying to get on with his review, but he'd said that this film has a lot of Freudian and Jungian sort of sim. Yeah, I was going to so ask on. you about that because then Simon Mayo spent the yeah because I watched the review. review saying yeah, but just break, what do you mean by Freudian and Jungian? He's like, just let me finish the review, <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know, so, like, yeah he says, go on, he tell us which bits are Freudian, which bits are Jungian. <laughs> go on, I know, you've, you've I cited like the two where he said, there, but do you stop know interrupting me when I'm lecturing <laughs> exactly. you? And so I think there's a that there's a sort of psychosexual element to it, and perhaps there's a sort of perhaps there's a sort of dominance there of Charlie towards his brother. Uh, you know, he comes in and, and, you know, spoiler alert for the film, Stoker, uh, kills his brother and then basically forms uh, pseudo-sexual relationships with both his wife and his daughter um, and, yeah. and has been has has sort of fallen in love with his daughter remotely for her entire life, really, in a way that is it's not just like, oh, isn't she good-looking? It's just maybe there's something psychosexual there, this kind of incestual... Yes, yeah. you know, whirling sexuality thing. Yeah, as a as somebody who is versed in both, I imagine Freud and Jungian <laughs> symbolism. Can you explain to the lay no, listener? I can't, <laughs> I can't explain. Oh, thanks. Good work. Um, can you perhaps explain those kind of allusions that Mark Kermod was referring to? So, what would what would what's the diff? What is the difference between a Jungian and a Freudian imagery? I don't know. I know, I know, I know. Freud is very sort of, you know, about you, 
you, I don't know, it's like an Oedipus thing, isn't it? You want to have sex with your mother or whatever and all that jazz, and that's our first sexual well, encounter. Well, this is an interesting thing, actually. But what's, what's Jungian's I haven't really read much Jung, I have to say. It was not a part of the degree at all. I, I only know secondhand by really? popular culture. Yeah, really. Oh, yeah. Okay. Or at least, you know, when I did what I did. The They've Googled I, it just to the find out. Bit, but I, I couldn't cite any of it, really. Uh, I know that... I know what pop I know what pop culture knows of Jung, which is that there's this uh, collective unconsciousness, and we have these archetypes, and there are things that are kind of present in us all. And say, for example, story. Uh, we all have an intrinsic mm. sense of story and images, but then I've got that mix it with Joseph okay. Campbell. See, you know, I don't. Of a thousand faces. And I don't know that. anything about. So, Jung but basically, there's a sort of like there's a sense that. Mm. There are some that a lot of objects have universal meaning to people. Uh, oh yeah, and for Freud as well, there's an element of that, although it's more kind of personalized. But you could, in some ways, make a kind of dictionary of what dreams mean based on some Freudian psychology. Although he would, he would also say, you know, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. You could make this idea that you know, mm. well, if you have a dream where trains keep going into tunnels, but one train just can't get in a tunnel, you go, well, you're probably quite scared of impotence or something like that, or you're playing snooker <laughs> but your, your cuker turns into a, a rope or whatever <laughs> a bit of rope yeah, yeah. Those, kind of, those kind of things and I, and I wonder in this film there is yeah. a lot of imagery and a lot of set pieces where it's like I've been watching this this thing for 30 seconds now and nothing's much happened but I'm supposed to take significance from it so it might be like the spider on her leg and mm. I think the spider that goes on her leg and then goes up her skirt or up her dress you know that you could mm. read into and I quite like that the film doesn't tell you and by the way what we mean by this is Charlie Stoker is like a spider that comes in and is this poisonous malevolent thing that goes to her sexual area you know and and all that and also when I teach Freud and I don't teach Freud much actually because the other psychology teacher does the other half of the course which has all the Freud stuff in it but when I have taught Freud and when I, when I talk to students about Freud they all just have the same opinion of, well, it's just mad. It's just somebody who took too much opium and cocaine and came up with these mad things. <laughs> but actually, the older I get, the more I realise that actually, you know, it's sort of metaphorical and artistic and interpretive is uh, interpret, you know, for interpretation, and it's and it's conceptual, and and also your idea of what's good and proper and how you're supposed to portray yourself isn't your true self because often your true self is this grunting shitting hairy rutting animal that you wouldn't and that's just the women <laughs> <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean like they, yeah. they've got this sort of sanitised view of humans. I mean I spend half my day rutting exactly yeah, yeah I love a good always rut. rutting away but you know like I don't know what it is a lot of people have this sanitised view of humanity because that's how they're supposed to present themselves but if we're being honest we are pretty indecent people you know, who who don't just go, well, that's how everyone else lives their life. So that, I, you know, I, again, this is why I should write yeah. a, make a film instead of trying to articulate myself in words because I don't know what I'm saying when I try and put it into words. Yeah. Know? But I mean, you would have to do it with dialogue. So I'll, I'll write it and you do the cinematography. <laughs> I'll do the cinematography, yeah. <laughs> so a spider goes up the leg. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, speaking of cinematography and things like yeah. that, you can, we spoke a lot before Christmas about uh, after we spoke with John Jenks about directorial sort authorship of, um, I think is the word you've often used isn't it author, author yeah, authorship or, yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah yeah authors yeah let's say directorial author, authorship <laughs> yeah and I think you can see this with Park Chan yeah is that right. how you pronounce it yeah 
So, and yeah, you can see that with his, you know, there are, it is, it has a lot of atmosphere, this film. It's very unsettling. Yeah. Um, Matthew Good in it uh, is very, very unnerving. And, you know, he plays that cold psychopath too well, in my <laughs> opinion. And I thought, um, and, and I really enjoyed the atmosphere that this film created yeah. as a, you know, you could see there was like just little things like when they're at dinner and the camera sort of There's swings of behind. Pans, yeah. yeah. And usually you use that for a dramatic sort of to create dramatic tension, don't you? When something's yeah. revealed, but we didn't know as the audience at that point that something was being revealed, yeah. but the camera sort of said something's not yeah, right yeah. here. Because immediately, um, obviously, when this, yeah, Jin knows that's that, right. When she says where, where he's Africa been. or Europe or whatever, she says, "Yeah," and she goes, yeah, "Europe." And yeah, you know that that's yeah. supposed to be unsettled. Yeah, and do you know what the good in Matthew Good's uh, surname stands for? Uh, really good acting. It means good looking, yeah. doesn't it? Jesus, wet that guy is annoying. The good looking, isn't it? Doesn't it? You know, you know he really yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, everyone in this film, except for maybe Aunt Jin. And oh, by the way, one of the reasons I thought perhaps Aunt they were after money was because Aunt Jin says, oh, I'm staying at this hotel. But actually she's staying at the seedy motel, yeah. isn't she? So I just assumed, oh, well, that maybe she's after, she hasn't got any money. So she's right. asking, she's, she's, they're trying to get the money off, um, you know, off, Richard. Yeah. Yeah. Via yeah. Richard. Yeah. Yeah. Richard via Indy. Yeah. That was just my assumption because it just didn't, it didn't, quite make sense why she suddenly want, was lying. I don't know why she was lying. It didn't yeah. really, maybe she's just trying to keep up appearances or something. I don't well, know. No, no, she was, um, no, so yeah, was, so when, I think what was quite clear was she was actually going to stay at that hotel but then when she when she, when Charlie was the one who asked her she thought well I can't stay there now because I don't trust him. Oh, Especially because she right, knows the right, truth. So he, she knows he's been in an institution this whole time. So Yeah she knows he's she a murderer. Right, told the right. test driver don't take me to that one take me to the other hotel because she didn't say are there any other hotels in so town? it's <laughs> right so it's her it's like she was trying to bit of self-preservation yeah, essentially Why okay <laughs> that makes more sense I, I didn't pick up on that yeah. that's me being a mum <laughs> so yeah so from the moment you basically find out that India's kind of getting off gets off on that boy being murdered yeah. um, it very much changes the film and and I must admit that made it far more interesting yes. than it was than it had built to yes. that point. Like you know, it was a, it was a decent mystery about who this character was and all that stuff, and I quite enjoyed that. But ultimately, when you know, they they, they it subverts your expectation because she's sat in the she sat in or stood in the shower. She looks like she's crying, and the camera slowly pans Did down, and go on you know. Yeah, you're seeing her. Yeah, she, like I said, unexpected yeah. cry wank. Um, she's, her hand isn't like, like you don't even know why the camera's panning down until, because she's crying. You think she's just really upset and, you know, oh, has she been properly raped? And obviously because it cuts back, because it keeps cutting that. Yes, yeah. that um, Clearly that's what she's picturing. From her in the shower to... The neck break and all yeah, that. Yeah, into what's happened in the... And I feel like she's quite an unreliable narrator True. as well, so you don't know what's happened. So it could have been panned down and she could be all cut up right, or something. Yeah. But actually, no, she's getting off. But she's clearly emotionally traumatised yeah. by it in a in a sense as well. And, and that is that, that is the, com- 
that's the weird complexity of sex, isn't it? And also how you change as a person. In the same way that, like, that personal clarity that people talk about is when you become your socialised self again. And you go, who the fuck was that <laughs> that I was five seconds ago? <laughs> Post-nut <clarity. You> know, <laughs> like, I, oh once, I once read a, an interesting thing where it was saying about people having sex and the things that you do during sex and um, it was like a man and a woman talking to each other and the man just goes oh sorry for all the spitting yeah, yeah, yeah. really sorry about or that I know that it worked and that's what everybody wanted at the time I'm really terribly sorry yeah, which is why you know like on yeah. the, I'm, I'm, I'm on Reddit a lot and there's a uh, subreddit called uh, about Tinder people sharing their kind of horror stories mm. of people you know silly things people have said to them mm. and when men go in so sexually straight away that is like walking up to a woman in the street and just being really sexual straight away. But if actually you went on a few dates or you had an attraction and you had some drinks and all that, you could build up to that. Just don't start. You can't just go rubbing yourself up against someone who's dry don't, and cold. Don't start, don't start with the crazy. <laughs> exactly, do you know yeah. what I mean? Don't start with the crazy. Yeah. Um, so one another thing I did enjoy is I actually quite liked... The, 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 they, they've messed with that trope of you know when the girl gets bullied and the boy stands yeah, yeah. up for yeah. the girl and then it's he's the romantic lead turns out he's the actually it turned out he was he's a bit rapey <laughs> yeah. yeah and he's like oh this is what you wanted and part of me was like well is, is it and then after she, obviously she got off on him being murdered I was like well did she want that hmm. and would she have got off on that Regardless, that I mean, that's quite a dark thing to think, but it's it would have been maybe even more interesting to. And explore. also, is it is it a uh, metaphorically and, someone's kind of entry into the world of sex because you have to start accepting that people aren't perfect and that people are a bit animalistic and so on? And is is that kind of is yeah. it almost her losing her virginity in this and well, innocence in this sexual area? You know, well, it was such a weird scene as well because she bites him. And he's like, look, blood. And then she suddenly is like, oh, I'm yeah. leaving. And then he's like, no, you're not. Yeah. And she's like, yes, I am. And then obviously he tries, he gets a bit rapey, which never, right. never a good thing, it's quite frankly. Up. And he was like, oh, you know what you were after when you were coming down yeah. here? And it was like, I don't think she was coming down to be <laughs> raped. I think she was emotionally vulnerable at the sight of her mum kissing her yeah. uncle. <laughs> and yeah, um... So I enjoyed that subversion of the trope because he comes across as the white knight, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, and also he's, he's like he's a, a he's, he's like he's a white knight who's guy. also been a dickhead at the time as well because he just comes in and he just sits down like proprietorially and says sorry about that, like he's he's yeah. one of the, the the sort of bully kids' friends rather than being like oh my god I'm so sorry let's go somewhere else he's actually a bit of a dickhead even yeah, at the moment yeah. he's a bit too although arrogant. To be fair, if she didn't have that pencil, she was going to get punched in yeah, the face. Yeah, she did so, well. And it know. is a great—it's a great character moment for her as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's one of the better character moments for her, yeah. I feel as well. Um, so, so that's kind of what I did like about the film, Matthew. Again, Matthew. I think the performances from everyone is pretty yeah. solid in the this film. Was not great. A bad I sort performed. of after watching this, you forget how good an actress yeah, she is, don't I you? Sort sometimes of, because because she looks like a <laughs> Yeah. She has the she has the kind of the Brad Pitt mm. problem is she's so good looking that you forget sometimes that 
she can actually yeah. act. Yeah, I don't mean. <laughs> and then you see her act, and you're like, oh, she can act. Oh, yeah, of and, course she and can. And she's done such a performance an here. An Oscar winner. <laughs> and I haven't seen her in, many things, in that many things since, personally. So that in my head, that's who Nicole Kidman is now, this sort of, like, fragile... Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> neurotic kind of <laughs> kind of person. Well, I go, oh no, no. she's a good actress who portrayed that character really well. <laughs> no, no, she's not. She's not portraying. <laughs> I mean, on, that's on weird, a side note, did you mind. see her on Jimmy Fallon quite recently? She was like, oh, you. I, no, I went around no. to yours. Somebody said, oh, uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna go to Jimmy Fallon's or whatever. Uh, and she was like, yeah, mm. whatever. I'm single. He's quite cute. And he's basically like. You can see him dying inside thinking, what, I could have slept with Nicole Kidman. <laughs> this was like 15 years ago or something like that. And she says, yeah, I came around. Oh, you really? didn't really say anything. And then you, you started playing video oh, games I think I have or seen something this. like that. And he just goes, oh. Yes, I have seen this. Yeah, because she gets quite embarrassed about it because she was like, yeah, I did actually yeah, I was, like I was you. Down to- and then he's completely oblivious because he just didn't think Nicole Kidman would Why be would into you? him. Yeah yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which was hilarious. And then, yeah, she's married to some... Is she married to some Australian rock star or American country music guy? But anyway, what did you not like about this this film? So let's get into what I didn't like about this film. Um, Obviously, I mentioned up top about his character motivation. And I think that is a bit of a flaw, quite honestly. You know, in Gone Girl, um, she's got... got, She's got a motivation, isn't she? She's got hmm. motivation in that as yeah. um, as um, the character whose name I forget right now. Rosamund Pike's character in that. She's got motivation. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think of other sort of psychopathic characters who maybe can help me out here. Like American Psycho, um, maybe. Yeah, like Daniel Plainview. Right, yeah. Daniel Plainview, yeah. He's got maybe evident, this, maybe um, I think it all, it's all similar. It's all understandable until we find out that he's been sending letters to India since she was a little girl. Like the idea of wanting yeah, maybe, to be dominant maybe and that's psychopathic enough. is enough, but that that is weird, isn't it? Like he presumably didn't always want to kill his brother. Uh, he wanted to come and live with them, didn't he? Actually, he only decided to kill his brother when he yeah. was rejected. Yeah, I mean, he he doesn't deal with rejection, and I wonder if he killed his little brother because his older brother had stopped paying exactly. attention to too him much attention as to a him. child. I think so. Yeah, yeah, and that was kind of the inference. But nice, but nice enough in the film. Never said yeah. that, which you know some films would have definitely they're said. Like, they never caught case, um, and the judge would say you are clearly a psychopathic person, and you do that. You know, like they would have really laid out that. But I think it's a fair, yeah, a fair problem. Um, you know, why is he interned? And again, talking about characters, I do found I did find that I found. India's character is very uneven. She goes from emotionally detached to madly emotional and all these kind of yeah. things like you know like maybe teenagers do, but I did find it a little uneven and I never found like I can have you can have a character as a main character and I'm quite happy for them to be unlikable yeah. or to be to be unusual or antithetical to the audience's desire to want to you know um, sympathize yeah. or relate to them and there is and she she's not an easy character to relate to Agreed. as an audience yeah. member she's not she's not but that's fine I can live with that but with I just didn't I just didn't really understand again what she wanted now maybe this is the character herself didn't know what herself she didn't know what she wanted um, but uh, I was just kind of sat thinking you know when obviously when she sees her mum kissing her uncle and she just runs off and then you know she's like oh that boy's there you know that seemed very I know they build up to a little bit but 
it just seems an odd choice for her to make in that moment. And yeah, I, I, I just, I, I felt like the kind of the shower scene would have made more sense if we could have got more sense of her actual feelings. Because she's she obviously starts off very um, sort of wary of her uncle, doesn't she? Um, of Uncle Charlie. And she's very sort of, what does this guy want? What's he about? But then obviously he kind of, and then she she finds out about Richard and she's telling him to leave before the mum wakes up. But then at the end of the film, she's sort of like, um, you know, when the policeman comes round and she's saying, oh, well, you know, um, you know, I think, oh, he's like, oh, let's go to New York, you know, uh, essentially, you know, to get away from the police and all that. So I was kind of, and then another one I didn't understand was, I get that the police officer was, was investigating the murder. The sheriff was investigating the murder, but I feel, I feel and it's a, it's a good scene, but I, it didn't make sense that she would kill that police officer mm. because if she she kills him, she brings more heat onto herself, doesn't yeah. she? Um, and that's and that's where I thought would this film have been more interesting if it was a, a character study of that very quite that quite rare thing a female serial mm. killer? Yeah, you know what I mean, is she just killing because she, you know, and that would and, definitely be the sequel. You know, they keep it? alluding the to would definitely be her going on a bit. It very of much would be. And then trying to cover up her track. Yeah. That's kind of Charlie's way, isn't it? People, yeah. people are going to rumble him, so he kills them. So you're right. Yeah. She's not playing the long game because that is clearly going to lead to more suspicion. No. And well, we yeah. know that he pulled somebody it, over oh, this yeah. plate because he's, he's, he's they probably write down the plate before they get out of the car and all that sort of stuff. I know they have they do have procedures, don't they? If something happens yeah. to them, that they they dash do beforehand. But yeah, it was just so so. It's just it's little yeah dash comes especially yeah, in this now and day and age. So there was little things like the character motivations that I found a bit uneven that I didn't really a hundred percent understand or didn't feel they were explained enough. Um, you know, they do kind of point out she is like maybe you could say oh well her father saw parts of. Charlie in her so instead of you know making it about um, sort of instead of making it that she's that she ends up like Charlie and murders somebody she kills animals to release well that's the quote isn't it you know famous Yeah, famously, they think a lot of serial kills start on animals, don't they? Like before they and they move on to people. So, yeah, I mean, is, yeah, and there's you know the one of the lines of the film. So maybe that was, I I don't know. And again, I wasn't sure like what like you know when uh, Charlie's strangling the mm-hmm. mother. I was like, well, she gets the rifle out. Now, who is she going to yeah. shoot here? Because so far she's been on Charlie's side in the last few minutes of the film after she decided that she didn't want him to leave and she's happy to leave mm-hmm. with him um, to get away from her mother a little bit, I feel, as well, because her mum's such a, a bit of a mess, obviously. She, I think I think, I think, think the illusion is the mum was a bit of a mess even before yeah, the father I don't died. think they were in a and good position and, in their relationship. No, and there was just kind of... And it's kind of um, amplified yeah. by his death. Um so yeah, I was kind of like, so I was like, oh, I was, I was almost more, would have been more fascinated if she'd, she'd killed the, you know, killed her mother, yeah. especially after what mother had said to her. I think that would have made, been more interesting, but it also makes it complete, like, this is why I'm not sure if she is actually sort of psychopathic because in that moment she chooses to save mm. her mum, despite her and her mum's relationship breaking down. And it would be like a psychopath would have shot her yeah. mother and gone off with the, the crazy uncle and they would have had... Thing. I wonder, actually... Yeah, they'd have had a weird... uh, An idea you've just given me, really, is perhaps Charlie 
sort of loved India from afar because he heard things from her father. You know, this 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 sort of streak that he sees in her, and that's why he takes her hunting. And I wonder if there's a kindred could be, spirit could be, kind of thing be. there. Speaking could of the police be. officer, um, Sheriff Guy, do you recognise the actor? Do you know who that is? Uh, yeah, who was it's he? Ralph Brown. He's Danny in... Uh, was it Danny? In With Nill and I. Uh, the guy who makes the Camberwell carrot. Oh, and, no. uh, you've seen With Nill and I, haven't no, you? No, I haven't. Uh, I, ha- I watched it with you, but I haven't seen it for since oh, right, we watched okay. it. Yeah, so. he's quite an iconic... It's been about a, nearly 20 years. He's quite so, an iconic character. And he's the same it. character in Wayne's World as well. He plays the same character. Uh, he's the sort of big oh, druggy. Right, okay. He's... He, He's unrecognisable, uh, bold, but actually the actor has been bold for a long time. But da- is it Danny? That was, that's his name. I think he's with him and I. And he goes, he goes on this big talk about you know don't trust bold people because hair are your kind of antennas to the to the universe, man, or whatever it was that he's talking about. And, uh, <laughs> is great. that so? It's just, so I shouldn't trust you. Is, is that what you're that's saying? That's the that's the law. Yeah, that's the the inference. Um, yeah, I, I and I did enjoy that scene because she says something in Italian to him, doesn't she? And then and then. She says something in English. She repeats herself in English, or says something different yeah. in English. I didn't. I didn't find out what the Italian was. Um, what she was saying. I. I, uh, I. I rewound to try and pick up what she said, but um, and IMDb had no offers of uh, the translation. <laughs> sadly, um, and I don't speak Italian, and I couldn't be asked right. And it's not on the IB, IMDb trivia, so. so I don't know either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the other, the only, the last thing I know we're kind of running over here a little bit, but the last thing I would say about things, and it's not so much I don't like about this film. I'm just curious, and I suppose it's more of a criticism or a, or a, an obs- a negative observation is: Does she get off on people being murdered, or does she, or did she get off on the change in power dynamic? I, I'm not sure, but I think it would be almost the sort of tabloid. Hollywood version to try and put try and pin down this is what gets her off you know because that would yeah. that's another film but that's that, like that a, sounds like but that sounds like an artsy Sam that's an artsy way of going I don't know but I'll try and I'll try and fob it up as fob it off as it's it's up to yeah, you yeah that's that's you know, fair. And I, or, and it, you know. just more that it's more complicated than she because it's put in the film for a reason so it wants you to it's it's trying to tell you something so what is the message it's trying to say that she you know, does she get off on that sort of stuff, or is she going to do more sort of stuff like that? You maybe, know, I mean, maybe, that's, that's maybe you know, like maybe it's she gets off on. I don't know. I think, I think, what I think it is true to say that you can interpret it how you like. Mm. <sighs> yeah, what is got? What is she getting off that? I mean, she's yeah. sort of like. Her, I think it is true. You can say that as that yeah. is fair, and you know, and I think some you know films and scripts and things are ambiguous for a reason and they want you to think about it and they want you to decide and I get that I'm totally down for that because I think that's a can be valid I think I think sometimes it's a bit of a crutch it can be what's interesting is she the sort of final moment the money shot moment that swings it for her is the actual snapping of the neck she's sort of saving herself for that moment and that's what does it so I think that's indicative of that climax isn't it what is arousing at that point that it's yeah. so so it might be the death it that is, arouses I think, her rather yeah, I than think it is. yeah rather than who's killing the the and the I think person, all that probably generally. feeds into it because there's a whole level of kind of like dominance and uh, vengeance and mm. all that but uh, you know maybe it's just this grunting masculine I thing mean, or something is there an argument that. is there an argument to say that she knew that her uncle would follow her when he saw her running away and she was like I said if this idea of 
prey and predator that she knew that this guy she was luring him to his death regardless I do feel that way I, I felt that way I felt when she was going into danger I think you can inter- I don't know if it's obvious but I think you can definitely interpret definitely, it definitely because as soon as she was going into but danger but is she going to know that he's going to be a bit of a rapist <laughs> more just that she's going into a dangerous situation I think really you know where she's got yeah, really no backup yeah. and I think certainly as the viewer I, I don't know where you but we felt that way didn't, didn't you as the viewer you thought well obviously he's going to be looking after her because he, he was there at school looking after her yeah I mean he does seem to I mean I, I don't know how he finds her I think it's I, I think he deus ex machinas himself into that scenario doesn't he yeah. he doesn't you know you could argue oh, well maybe he follows her and he doesn't you don't realise that he's following her straight away as soon as she leaves but he's um, this sort of supernatural kind of guy isn't he you know in yeah, like he appears at the top of the steps, doesn't yeah. he? When she thinks he's in the other room. That's where I think there the are some room. vampire inferences of, of the sort of mind control and extra speed and whatever, tracking ability, whatever. Mm. He has got a, he has mm. got another worldly character to it. As, as, the, as the rest of the film has, they're not particularly human characters, are they? And I, I thought that might... I thought that might be a problem. No, I think, I think something with this film is the dialogue as well. Yeah. I feel like... No, no, because it, I said to you before, it's a, a film about themes more than narrative, and you know the, the narrative is just a framing device for these exploration of these themes. So I'm quite happy to be like the dialogue is very dramatic dialogue. It's you know it's 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 not it's not everyday no, conversation. Not. These but it's not so weird um, that it's like an M Night film like old where they're just kind of like is he written these because they're supposed to be unusual or because he doesn't know how humans interact i got the sense actually that <laughs> he may have uh, purpose at least in this that uh, i suppose my only final criticism and it's probably a bit of a nitpick this one is i think stoker's a bad name for this film i think i, I i'm guessing they were trying to reference some sort of gothic horror by using the name of a I famous so, gothic yeah. horror novelist i think it i think there is some horror elements to this film but I wouldn't call it like a gothic it's also probably puts a lot of people off who were expecting it to be another vampire story yeah I have no idea I think I think the name was terrible I think they could have had that family being called Stoker and you could have been like oh that's interesting I agree yeah I don't know what to call it I mean it's it's based very loose so inspired by a film called Shadow of a Doubt but yeah yeah, if it was something like Uncle I was thinking or Uncle Charlie or yeah I yeah, or the family Stoker yeah, or something yeah, like that. I know that's a terrible we name. We workshop it for that an was, hour I, and, I was, uh, and maybe come up with some Yeah, yeah, we'll, work, we'll workshop it yeah. in the break <laughs> after we've done favourite scenes. Let's get into those jazz. things then. Yeah, what was your favourite scene here? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I think we know what it is, don't we? If, would, I'm guessing it's your Did favourite Did you also masturbate well. to the, the scene of him being, I, of having his next his no. neck snaps? No, surprisingly, that's not my oh, really? bag, baby, what was... but as I keep saying today, that seems to be my favourite, that seems to be my phrase of the day today. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it was the most emotionally impactful scene of the film because it, it, developed, it developed the character, So we're talking it? about you know, Charlie killing it, Whip in the, in the woods. And her then subsequently <laughs> must have been to that. <laughs> and it being intercut, yeah. yeah. Yeah, although the... Shout out to the piano scene yeah, as well. Yeah, that is that is wonderful because that's that's a very intimate scene as well. And isn't it, it says a lot more um, than them just kissing or having sex, doesn't it? Yeah, and then yeah, him not being yeah, there when she kind yeah. of wakes from it. 
she literally looks around. Does, yeah, because she's almost having an orgasm whilst they're yeah. playing the piano. Which makes the question, she? did that really and happen? Th- Is that just her wank fantasy again? You know, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking that as well. Was it, a, was it again, her being an unreliable narrator? Yeah. Uh, what about yeah, you, Sam? Same, same, in the woods. Because uh, it's, it, it's, it's amazing and it's so visceral. And that snap of the neck from the side is... Oh, it stays with you. Um, but yeah, that was. Good. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, I'm. I must admit, I'm more interested in her reaction to it than than the actual yeah. action of yeah. it. If that makes sense, in I think context, that's more interesting. More interesting. But it yeah. was a well, well yeah, shot. Uh, the, just that moment, you know, Charlie's struggling and really straining, and the old snap of the old neck. Yeah, yeah. So I think we're agreed. Best scene. Yeah. Favorite line. It is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, favorite line. It's, this film sadly isn't littered no, with great lines. I think to credit to Wentworth Miller, I didn't. He's a better writer than I would have ever yeah. expected him to be. He has no, he has no, he has no right to be this to be as good as he is. Um, and I would have like, I'd like to see more stuff by him. Actually, I think he's he. I think he could do with a script, uh, maybe an editor. I think they could have edited some of the dialogue of this in a way that made him sound a bit more human. Uh, but for his first proper writing thing, that's... Yeah, he's he was on the blacklist, job, actually, in yeah. 2010, the sort of most yes, sought-after yeah. uh, unproduced scripts. Yeah. Well, that was one of the reasons I ended up watching the Kermode review, was because I kind of couldn't get a sense of what this film was, so I wanted to hear right, what the critics yeah. thought. And yeah. Yeah, I needed, to, I needed to hear what they... Or to see if there was a more some form of explanation that I could get my head around because you know sometimes you do need to discuss these things or have them discuss yeah them and that's the joy of it really. um, you can watch a YouTube essay that you know video essay that makes you go oh I love this film then <laughs> I didn't know how I felt about it it, now it does I love happen it. Yeah, doesn't yeah. it or or I've reevaluated what that's I think right. about this film perhaps you know I think that's happened with me in the past so you're right um, not many classic lines but what but yeah, did stand out to you it was literally, you know, India says, he used to say, sometimes you need to do something bad to stop you from doing something yeah. worse. And that's that's the only the only line from the film that I think is... Yeah, um, that's the one I actually wrote down while I was watching the song. film, thinking, oh, that's there's probably some depth to that. And, and as we've discussed, it has significance to, for the film and the character of India and the character of Charlie. The one that I... I liked that and I thought oh that'll probably be huge so I'll go for a second one um, it's sort of like a kind okay. of like I'm 14 and this is deep kind of thing but I did think oh that's interesting when she's when she's yeah. talking to Whip and she says have you ever seen a photo of yourself taken when you didn't know you were being photographed from an angle that you don't usually see mm. when you look in a mirror and you think that's me that's also me and what's really funny is yeah no I did I did like there's, that there's actually. some poignancy that to that good... but then he says so are you surprised at yourself do you mean that you're not being afraid of being touched anymore because he immediately wants to get into sex and she says please don't spoil it yeah. <laughs> so she's yeah, trying to have a meaningful yeah, moment was... and he's like so you want to are you down to uh... yeah down to fuck DTF <laughs> um, yeah I can I can yeah I think it's interesting that that's I mean I, I she was like I, I found her a bit pretentious then when she was like oh don't ruin this and it's like oh don't spoil it and it's like well he's trying to gauge what you mean yeah. do you know what I mean like he's you're clearly outside your comfort zone I think so she was also perceptive enough to know that she's just immediately trying to get it to sex so that's the thing like he's not actually appreciating the pretend, sentiment of what yeah. she's saying this, yeah the, oh, the sensibility yeah, yeah. Um, favourite shot yeah perhaps uh, it was the bit when she uh, sharpens the bloodstained pencil oh very nice that was just amazing yeah. shot yeah that was very that felt very Korean sort of <laughs> Korean cinema didn't it they really yeah. turned up the reds on this film didn't they 
They did, yeah, and it looked amazing. Yeah, yeah it was so so strange. Although this film did something that you don't often see. So there's a bit where it's like a strange transition. So she, so on the bit, so the scene when he goes to pick her up from school and she doesn't get in the car and she's in the bus and then it pans out to like a wide shot of the bus driving along this lane and then it has her walking about oh, maybe yeah. 10, 15, yeah, 20 yeah. metres behind the bus and then it transitions to the path yeah. along their road to the house and I thought that was really, yeah, there's a couple of things in this film I'd never seen before. That's good. That was, Cry Wank was one <laughs> and that was the other. So fair play there's to not, you for stuff know, like There's that. not often you watch a film and you go, I've never seen that before so that is credit to it. For my, my favourite yeah, shot... And I'm not saying it has... It's not well. I say it's something I not. Sh- I, I I probably have seen it before, but I hadn't yeah, realised. Possibly if that so. Makes sense. And it, yeah, it doesn't stick out. Like I think they probably do it in Forrest Gump, but I can't remember. You know, you wouldn't go. Oh yeah, Forrest Gump. That's that's, that's that film. I've, I've been racking my brain to try to think where if I have seen it before. And I it's, can't, it's done well. I can't remember anything specific, but I'm sure it for has me. Happened. I think one of my favourite shots is the blood mist on the flower um, when she stabs the police officer oh, at the end. Yeah, towards the end, and it's just like just spurts onto these onto these flowers um, and again just the reds I mean, of this film and the contrasts and the it just really is exquisite I mean it is very much metaphor isn't it you know this is something beautiful but also yeah, deadly and violent yeah exactly you know? that was my yeah. innocence and this is the, Which, the blood being drenched in it and, or something yeah. else yeah that could be that could be the tagline for this film <laughs> and it's something beautiful and something violent in brackets it's a metaphor baby <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hashtag deep. <laughs> <laughs> that, okay. So those are all the things. Uh, we're going to go for a little break now, Hugh. I, yeah. hope, uh, I hope that doesn't ruin yeah. your evening. And when we come back after the break, we're going to get critics, ratings, and a quiz, and we'll find out what we're going to do next week. Join us after the break, listener. Hello and welcome back to the final part of Please Watch This. Hugh, what if you haven't seen already, what would you say is the Metacritic score for this film? Oi, oi, oi. I know it got like a 6.8 on IMDb, so I'd say maybe, maybe a 6.8, 6.9. It's 58% on Metacritic, 58 Oh, ouch. So the critics did a lot like did it. a lot loved it actually, but there was a lot of low scores. Um, but eight eight point six from the public. So Peter Travers in the Rolling Stone, or Peter Stone from the Rolling Travers, uh, who we've we've had on before actually, he loved it. Uh, yeah, he said week. Stoker is Park Chan-wook's darkly funny, deliciously depraved riff on Hitchcock's Shadow of a Doubt. Um, the deft script by actor Wentworth Miller is just a starting point for Park to create his own visionary magic. The actors give it their all. Nicole Kidman is all nerve endings and sexual longing. Matthew Good excels at hidden agendas. And Mia Wasikowska, the bright star of Jane Eyre and Alice in Wonderland, is a fearless wonder as she boldly descends into Park's rabbit hole of psychological terror. Park has built a hothouse of erotic tension that's primed to explode. Some will find it too much. Screw them. Park's goal is to bust form, not conform to it. Take Stoker for what it is, a thriller of savage beauty. So he liked it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree that it is a it is a thriller of savage and it's a, beauty. It's, yeah, a, it it's a very florid uh, review. It's, it's it's all like that, and it? it's yeah. a beautiful review. Yeah, um, I mean, it is beautiful people doing awful <laughs> things. Isn't it, the majority of this film, that's my, like, that's my jam. Let's that's face my genre. it. Yeah, that's 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 your that's your, that's your thing, yeah. is it? Whereas Rodrigo Perez, <laughs> that's your cry wank. <laughs> Rodrigo Perez in the playlist, he gave it a D minus, which is their system Metacritic converted that into a 16% which I think is an 8th 
or a sixth. Anyway, I think that's a sixth. And he really okay. didn't like it. So I've got quite a lot of stuff that he didn't like. Um, he said that this film embodies all of Park Chan-wook's worst tendencies. For the histrionic and overly operatic, they're on utterly garish display. In the overwrought and tonally poisoned Stoker, there's myriad problems in Vince within the family, starting with a familiar and often painful script by Wentworth Miller that holds no mystery, suspense or surprise. Stylized to death, Stoker is hermetically sealed and clinical in its visual presentation that it sucks what little life it possesses out of the room. Um... Uh, oh, and he talks about actually the repeated violent whoosh of unnecessary swish pans. I, I didn't think they were unnecessary. I thought they create attention and unease. Yeah. You know? I, I, I personally think if you want stylish excess, you look at someone like Zack Snyder. <laughs> That's stylish excess. You know, yeah. that is that is really sacrificing something that should be more about the narrative yeah. and the theme should be interwoven rather than. Yeah, I don't agree with him to be honest. I think. I like the authors, uh, the, the authors, the directors. Um, you know, the directors sort of film yeah, with this. So yeah, I quite enjoyed it. I, I like it when, I've, I'm, as we've gone on with the podcast, I really do like it when you can see the director's stamp in the film, for good or for bad. Like we could say, you know, like Zack Snyder, but at least you know a Zack Snyder. Yeah, film and you we, see it. hell, you even know a Michael Bay. We, we had film that discussion when we, you know, that when we watched Man on Fire, and Tony Scott actually was one of the producers on this, and it was dedicated to him because he died before it came out yeah. and we watched Man on Fire yeah. and that was to you know so Tony Scott to a fault almost you know the the amount of yeah. time you never really got just a clean shot and it looked great but but yes some people didn't like that and um, Rodrigo Perez mm. goes on to say the movie carries plenty of random and absurd nonsense that doesn't seem to fit when the movie is still somewhat of a mystery India discovers the head of a maid in the freezer um, who she'd seen Charlie threatening but she doesn't say anything uh, early on Evie tells India she's teaching Charlie beginner piano but the girl doesn't flinch two scenes later when she and Charlie are having their rather hilarious Chopin-esque piano off Olden Ehrenreich, who's a whip, a good guy character, inexplicably becomes Lucas Till's asshole character and tries to rape India, seemingly because the script couldn't figure out how to place Till's character at the scene. Magically, Charlie appears to rescue her, and the brutal killing of the teenager is the point of no return moment when the film goes from bad to downright terrible. Um... Oh, and he says we won't totally spoil it but after this sequence India is involved in the most ludicrous unintentionally hysterically funny masturbation scene we can recall Stoker is beyond help at this point and only gets worse and worse as Charlie's true backstory is revealed the logic goes out of the window and the visual chaos and soapy melodrama overwhelm the offended senses while Stoker is full of good actors no one has anything to do but scowl glower or smile like they just got out of the loony bin he says it's a brutally empty, deeply unfortunate movie, and Park Jan Wook's jackhammer of a tool he calls a brush is on this evidence something that should be locked away. And I hate that so much because as much as you could watch the film and then read that and think, oh yeah, it's that it's that criticism of the film which is, oh, why would this character do that? Why would the character do that? Why didn't she just run away when she found out this? And it's just like... I think he's got... I think he's... The only thing I found valid criticism there is, yeah, I can see how it wasn't... Um, how like yeah I don't think the script maybe could find a way to get Lucas Till but also it didn't Mio ever really K- set up that Whip was genuinely Waskowski. this this it never really set up that he was genuinely this white knight he was just somebody who didn't really like Lucas Till uh, Lil, Lil, Lucas Till's mm. character 
but he was still a prick to, he was no, still but, a prick to her but if you yeah I, I don't think he was a prick to her I think I think you can say that he was set up, he was kind of put as the white knight character in a teenagey kind yeah. of way and that his and his and but I like 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 we said I liked that subversion of that trope because it is a trope yeah. isn't it and the fact that he turns out to be a bit and of it is on the theme of sex obviously you could violent awful messy thing you know but I yeah, and I, but I can agree with that. Yeah, this character suddenly, his character does change, and that's that's fair. Yeah, and there was there was the rest one thing is... that he said in the in the review, which was, which I do agree with, which was basically, can we have a moratorium on um, films showing somebody watching a nature documentary about predators being predators just before somebody's about to kill somebody? So it's like, oh, look at this symbolism, isn't it? Oh, about yeah. predators, I could have yeah. done without that. A... That was heavy-handed. That. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, they're all watching the same thing. It's a yeah. bit unusual, isn't it? Yeah, and it's a bit yeah. too. No perfect. one's ever watching the news. It's a bit too perfectly <laughs> describing well, what Charlie's doing, isn't it? It wasn't just like a little. Someone wasn't just flicking through the channels. It was a yeah. moment. It was like too much. I thought. Yeah, perhaps, but anyway, the most important agree. critic. Yeah, I've yeah. gone on too long about these other losers. Is Hugh. Hugh, <laughs> these people get paid yeah. to do it for a living. How many? Actually, I'll change my, my rating system, system to fit your your likes. Oh. How many cry wanks in the shower? <laughs> How many sadistic cry wanks in the shower? Did you get out of ten? I don't know. I think you're torn between a six I, and a seven. I, I think with this film, it was sort of one of those where I was a bit bored for the first hour or forty-five minutes ish, and then it changed and I was kind of invested in it. My only my only worry is that I as much as I've I think I feel like I've enjoyed talking about this film almost more than I enjoyed yeah. watching it. I think like like this pod I didn't think this was gonna last more than an hour tonight <laughs> to be honest. I thought we'd get through it quite quickly. And we've actually ended up taking for quite talking a lot longer than I would have expected. Um, so that's that's kind of that, that must be a positive because it's it's given us something to talk about, yeah. which is ultimately a good thing. It's a slightly fine sort of film to just watch and not talk about with anybody. Um, and it is yeah. it's the reason I know that our good friend Ben, a lot of films he loves are the sort of films you could then immediately go on the internet and find out what people are saying about it. Yeah, I, I have, but I do have a, a worry that this isn't a film that's going to live long in the memory as yeah. well. I think it's maybe a little bit too pretentious and a little bit too, you know, not artsy. Artsy but, farts. There's nothing wrong with being artsy. There's nothing wrong with that, ultimately. I think, you know, you, it's an art, you know, film is a form of art, so shut up and stop <laughs> being a caveman or troglodyte or whatever. Um, you know, you know, not everything has to be, you know, lowbrow or appeal to the masses, yeah. you know, that kind of way. Um I'm torn. Actually, I'm torn between a seven and an oh, eight. Oh wow, that's good to hear. I don't, I don't know if it's an eight because, I, like I said, I don't feel like I'm going to m- remember it f- for forever in a day unless you mention it to me all the yeah. time. You know that but then, kind you of. Know, way. You might. You I know, film I'm going to bring. Somebody up. who watched it nine years ago. Uh, there's certain imagery and f- f- vibes from this that might that might yeah. stay. Yeah, I think maybe, maybe. Be I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to rate it a yeah. seven. Because I did ultimately enjoy it, and it has made me have something to talk about. I mean, I'm curious to what's happened to uh, Mia Wazakowska because she was everywhere for about five yeah. years, and she's just she disappeared. Minute, like she? she hasn't been. She had a minute, didn't she? Yeah, when she was like between the eight, ages of like eighteen and twenty three, yeah. twenty four. But that was it. She's kind of disappeared. I actually had to look and see what she'd been in over the last like f- seven years, basically seven eight years. Um, 
Yeah, because... Yeah, ultimately, I'm not... I, I don't know. I think maybe we should revisit this at some point and see if my ratings change, if it's gone up or down. But let's say, let's go with a solid we'll 7. We'll settle on a 7. Yeah, I was similarly uh, troubling between an 8 and a 9, so I'm going to go with a, a solid 8.5. 8 to 8.5. 8.25 okay. I'm going to go with, just to mess with your head even more. Okay. Yeah, so it's a tricky one. But uh, yeah, a good. I think we can agree, a good film. Well worth watching. So would you recommend the film? It is. That's a good question. Depends who I was recommending it to. Yeah. I don't think it's for everyone. So you'd recommend um, it to me, but you wouldn't recommend it to everybody, kind of thing. Yeah, there's like there, I know some people who wouldn't would find it boring. Yeah, you know what I mean, or wouldn't get not not that they wouldn't get it. They just wouldn't be interested in it. Just not their thing. Talking about and that's absolutely. Yeah, I think it's. Legitimate. I think it. I think it's a film. It's a film lovers' film, isn't it? Yeah. Or people who. Well, like, I think it's for people who enjoy cinema, if that mm. makes sense, rather than films. films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not, like I said, I don't think it's for everyone, but I would. I mean, yeah, I'd recommend it to some people and not others. Well, you, know I mean? you say it lives long. In the, it won't live long in the memory. Let's find out. We're gonna have a little quiz, Hugh. Well, here we go. Look at if that. I get five out of five now. Well, look at yeah. that. Was, that was impressive. I'm not even mad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I struggled with questions, and then when I started writing questions, I came yeah. to seven, so I might just cut it okay. down to five. Um, right. What was the name of the third Stoker brother? Richard. Richard, Charlie, no, and... No, Richard, Charlie, and Jonathan. Fantastic. Very good. What was locked in the drawer that India unlocked? That was the letters. Yes, and one of them. And a gun. And a gun. gun. Very good. Uh, I thought it was going to be that gun, actually, at the end, which I was a bit disappointed by. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would have have made a lot of sense. By the way, who put the key in the box? Well, it's it, ambiguous. Well, it's, you know, it could it be maid? Mrs. McGoldrick or it could be Charlie somehow. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it was the maid, actually, who wanted her to find out the truth of Charlie. Charlie. I yeah. think so. Fair enough. But, you know, could have done it in a less cryptic way that that she would have figured yeah. out before Mrs. McGoldrick died. Um, what? Yeah. Uh, where did Charlie stay all these years? Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, I don't remember the name of the institution. But it's post- Crawford. Crawford. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought that might so it only says it like about a hundred times <laughs> when she's flicking through it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, question four. What kind of ice cream does India like? So Swirls. Charlie gets, I says, I got one vanilla, one chocolate. And she, she says, says she likes, she says she likes swirl. She likes the swirl kind. Very good. Four out of four. Yeah. So, oh, no, three out of four so far. Question five. Where did Richard get an apartment for Charlie upon his release? In New York. New York City. Yep, four out of five. Question six. Who does Charlie claim taught him how to cook? A Michelin star French <laughs> lady. Some French bint. Uh, yeah, Madame Jacquin. I don't know her name. Jacquin. Madame yeah. Jacquin. And finally, question seven. In what year does Charlie leave the institution? Um. So, twenty twelve. Good. How did you figure that out? Because she was born in ninety four, and I spent a good portion of the first, like, <laughs> or I spent about ten minutes when she's also. Although I do have one thing I have to point out, which is she's back at school very fucking quickly after her father died. <laughs> like she it's is, literally yeah. like. Like she's back at school. Funerals are back just, to school. Although some people yeah, do, you know, yeah. I've had students who've lost parents and they're back in the next day basically because they just don't want to be at home. 
you know, so some people right. do like the uh, the the everyday. Yeah, there's just no, there's just it, it just didn't feel like any time had passed since her father died, and she was like right back to school. And I was also like because it came out in 2013, so I was basically when she, I saw her at school, I'm like, why is she at school? Is this film? This was made in 2013. If she was she, if she's she's she 19 and she's still at school, I was really angry for a few minutes, <laughs> and then I'm like, maybe it's just, and then I was like, oh, it's probably it's filmed in 2012. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, so she might be she might be just a be 18 or something. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Great. so that's five, really uh, that's, uh, six out of seven. Trinidad. Well, I'll give you five and a half out of seven. Pretty good. Pretty good. Cool, cool, cool beans. Not so. a bad score at all, mate. Well, all that remains to be said and asked is uh, what we're going to do next week. Uh, so, Sam, we are going to do the 2002 film, uh, The Pianist. Ooh, uh, what do you know about The Pianist? The Pianist. I know that it's it's somewhat holocaustical, and it's... That's uh, it. That, yeah. Make jokes. And, and banging. it stars Adrian Brody. Yes, it's a film that's it's about the Holocaust, yes. Yes. Uh, it's directed so, by... Controversial, director. of course, Polanski. Yes, Polanski. So, Roman Polanski I, other than that, yeah. I don't know anything about it. As you know, I'd never seen Schindler's List before we did this this show. I still haven't seen Twelve Years a Slave. I struggle with long films about very dark, real events. Uh, in the okay. sense, I, well, when I say I struggle, I struggle to motivate myself to watch them, but they're always excellent. You know. Yeah, we are going to be probably watching this around Holocaust Memorial Day, so that's one of the reasons we are watching. I think it's going to come out. Somewhat after it, but uh, yeah. we try and That's just tie some the recommendations of uh, of London. Yeah, yeah. I think we're trying to tie we try to tie these things in because these sort of things shouldn't be forgotten about, and there is a lot of uh, good cinema exploring these things. And yeah. I know, like you said, you shy away from it. So yeah, we're going to be doing that next week. Uh, well, yeah, if it's if it's anywhere near as good as Schindler's List, I think I give that a ten out of ten. I'll uh, I'll enjoy it, or at least I'll appreciate it as a great film. Good, okay. well, I'm looking forward to that. Well, my question to you is, Hugh, if they want to get in touch with us and tell us about their uh, interpretation of Stoker or their feelings on The Pianist, how could they do that? So what they need to do is they need to uh, go to their one of their parents' funerals, preferably their father's, uh, <laughs> find out that they have a um, long-lost uncle that they never knew about, and then potentially when the uncle turns up, hope that he's proficient in IT and get him to write an email. Yes, that is that would be. You know, he can cook, he can speak French, he can send an email. If he I has he all those skills, email. what email address should he use? He should email us at pleasewatchthis.pod at gmail.com. Fantastic. If he's also, uh, you know, kind of well-versed in Twitter, we're on Twitter at pleasewatchpod. Please do send us all kinds of stuff, including I'd love to hear some voice messages um, with your your thoughts on any film Ideally, the pianist or Stoker, but let's face it, any film, uh, we'd love to hear it. So get in touch. Yeah, All that remains to be said, Hugh, is we love the listeners and we will speak at them next week. What do you think about that? We will. I think it's a good idea. Let's speak at them next week. Let's do it. Bye! Bye.